Welcome to The Living Room, a cozy place of candid conversation. We're a group of women in various ages and stages of life. Join us for thoughtful discussion with a side of humor. We chat about everything from parenting issues to life balance, what matters most, and how to make it happen in everyday life. Settle in just to listen or feel free to add your comments online at www.fromthelivingroom.com. And now, your hosts for today's show. Hello, and welcome to The Living Room. We are excited to be with you today. And before we dive into today's show, we want to introduce to you one of our guests and friends that we're excited to have in our living room. And I know that you'll be blessed in your life to have in yours. We don't often have um, boys, if you will, men on the living room, but Bill is our second male guest and he is worthy of being here with us today. So before we get started, Bill, I want you to share a little bit with everyone about your journey and what you're currently doing, because I think it's so powerful and I want our audience to know about it. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me into your living room today. That is awesome. I'm happy to be here. And I trust that what I have to say will benefit the lives of all the people that are listening. So my journey, um, I'm best described as an intuitive energy healer. I specialize in many different modalities of energy healing. But my journey is as a teenager, I'm going to date myself clear back in the 1970s, my mom started working with alternative healing uh, methods. She was into the herbs and the additives and things and even did the uh, foot reflexology. And for me, it's just been a passion that I've added to over the years until I've come to this point in my life where I know that this is what I came here to do, is to do my part to heal the world, to heal people, and to uh, to just bring more more light and happiness into the world. So in well, a nutshell, that's it. Well, that's, a, that's great. And as I've gotten to know you and researched you a little bit in preparation for this interview, I'm amazed at the many different modalities that you have been trained in, that you're aware of. And I wasn't aware that it dated back all the way back to your mother, but I love that. And so I know that you can provide some good advice for the women who listening who are listening to the show. And so I'd love for you to share um, with our audience something that you think would help really help an individual who's listening to really give themselves some living room. Some living room, so great. One of one of the greatest things that we we struggle with, and I think uh, women more than men, just because they will admit it to themselves, <laughs> is uh, anxiety mm. and stress. True. It's just like you get to that point where you lock up and and you you feel like you can't function, whether it be in traffic or when you look at your today's to do list and everything needs to be done. It just it almost like you freeze up because there is so much to do. It's so overwhelming. Overwhelm is one of the hugest emotions that I get with people because there is so much to do. So what I want to do is teach you a very simple stress relief and anxiety relief technique. And so join with me right now. And Michelle, do you do this too? So um, when you feel a lot of stress coming on, I want you to take and put your palms together with your hands. I don't care which way your fingers are clocked or anything, as long as your palms are together. And then we do, if you've ever done yoga, there's a, uh, the breath of fire or fire breathing where you breathe rapidly. And this may sound kind of weird, but I want to hear a lot of sound like, okay, that's the kind of breathing we do. So if you do this for 10 seconds, if you're driving down the road, please pull over before you take your hands off the steering wheel. <laughs> good advice, good advice. Phil. But for 10 seconds, when you're feeling anxiety or stress, do this. Let's do it right now for about 10 seconds or until I get dizzy and pass out. Okay. <gasps> Okay. 
Okay, we'll call that 10 seconds because I just started getting busy. <laughs> <laughs> but do that and notice how it is a great stress reliever. Now, as a healer, I like to go in and fix things at the root cause. But sometimes you're dealing with things. This helps relieve the pressure. And then you can focus and get on with your day and manage things. So try that tip as weird as it sounds. Uh, don't do it in the grocery store line. But, you know, <laughs> well, if you must. If you must, yeah. <laughs> and then get other people to join in. Other than that, but try this. It's an amazing technique. It seems so simple, but I love to do the simple things that works. And this is just one, one tip that I have to share to get you through the day. Oh, I appreciate that. I think everyone talks about take a deep breath. Right. Yeah. Like when you're stressed and overwhelmed, take a deep breath. And so when you said breathe fast, I'm like, that's not going to work, Bill. But then I did it and I was like, oh, that's not so bad. That's great. Yeah. And I think that part of it, just, I felt like I was just letting things go, which right. is really great. It's almost like you're sweeping the floor really, really fast. Right. And it is important to keep the palms together. Something about the, the palm chakras and that energy that makes that work even better. Good. Excellent. Um, Bill, as kids, we weren't really trained with how to deal with disappointment or struggle or grief. And as a result, I think we as adults are often dealing with past experiences that we really need to let go of. I know this is something that you specialize in, so I'd love for you to share with our audience two quick tips that would provide someone who needs just a little bit of extra, but just some oomph to make some peace with the past. Okay, very good. I, that's actually, uh, I love this. A, a great majority of the work I do is work with people who have been abused, uh, rape, uh, very traumatic situations, grief, death, things that, that are super traumatic. And, and very often it does happen when it affects us throughout our life. It's the things that happen as we're a child. And so the first thing that, and it's going to seem oversimplistic, so, so don't just brush it away because it seems simple, is forgiveness mm -hmm. and to really forgive. Forgive at a deep level. And that's when you say, say the words out loud. Don't just say, oh, yeah, I've let that go. Say, I forgive so-and-so for what they did. Be specific. And I release this and let it go now. Uh, there's a lot more to that. But forgiveness, forgiving in the moment. Forgive everything, everybody for everything all the time. So, and if just, oh, once you got a bad, if you have, have a bad illness, forgive the situation. You may even be mad at your higher power. Forgive your higher power when you're until you can get into a forgiven acceptance. It's hard to move on because you're you're fighting against you're struggling against the fight and you're just you're your own worst enemy when you're holding that negativity. If you can forgive and go to a space of love, then you can begin to heal. Excellent. What's so, the second one? You know what? Uh, I I would think just when you feel when you're feeling really down about that, what I could share with you, I have many tools that I teach as I work with people personally that they can then do for themselves. But I would go back to this uh, this palms together and, and the heavy breathing. That didn't sound right. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're all familiar with heavy that, breathing. Okay, very good. Yeah. The, the rapid, the fire breath. Okay, I love those. Try that. It, it's a very good tool. It's something that in this amount of time I could share with you that you can take out and use right now. Well, Bill, thank you so much for being with us. This has been an excellent introduction to you. And I know that you have a breadth of capabilities and a breadth of services that can really help people, whether they're just dealing with some daily anxieties and struggles, or if they have some um, generational or even specific circumstances from their past. Um, I want to make sure everyone has your website, which is allthingspossible.biz. But if you could just give them a direction, where should they start first on that website to get connected with you best? To get started with me, there's a banner that slides across with different pictures of, of me and my, my wife, Chris. But when it says Healing with Bill, and go to the Healing page, 
And there are, I have uh, probably 35 videos up on YouTube of different healing aspects. There's links to all those on the website. There's a lot of blogs about different aspects of healing. And um, so, yeah, go to the healing page on our website and you can get all kinds of information. I do want to offer you, let you know that if you're interested in trying out energy healing, if you've never tried it or if you want to try it for the first time, I do offer a free 20 minute mm. introductory session. And right there on the healing page, you can click on that, fill in your information, and it automatically takes you to my calendar. And I get an email that we have an appointment and what time it is. Excellent. that's an absolutely no obligation way for me to advertise without being salesy. Well, and what I love about that is that you can work with our listeners that are all over the country and that they can just have a simple phone call with you. So I hope if that speaks to you, you'll go to allthingspossible.biz, sign up for that session, or just poke around on their site. Thank you so much for joining us today, Bill. And now we'll turn it back to your hosts for today's show. Hi, and welcome to The Living Room. We're so glad you've joined us. And today I am hosting our show, and I'm Jody, and I'm joined by Janet and Michelle. And Michelle. And so today we're talking about stillness, finding rest, finding peace, finding mindfulness in your everyday. Does that sound lovely? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, ladies, how do we get it? Let's just <laughs> jump right in. I mean, I think we're all seeking for it. I think. Our world is so fast-paced, even driving here today to our recording session. And what do I do? I turn on talk radio. And, you know, I mean, things are just flying at me, you know, just like rockets. Like we were watching this Star Wars movie that I hadn't seen. I haven't seen probably anything since Empire Strikes Back, to be honest. So I'm sorry to offend any of you Star Wars fans. But I just want I'm thinking of those um, Darth Vader, whatever they're called, not rocket ships, but, you know. You can see what a Star Wars fan I'm not, but they're just coming and coming and coming. And sometimes that's what life feels like. And as I turned on talk radio today to get the update of what's going on, just like, oh, okay, turn it off. You know, it was just Mm -hmm. like overload. Or maybe it's the kids coming home after school and here's all the paperwork. Here's my homework. Oh, my science fair project is due. And, you know, husband Mm -hmm. calls and says, oh, by the way, I've got the late meeting, you know, and oh, we're supposed to go to dinner with, you know, so-and-so. And all of a sudden you're like, just wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, in an earlier show, we talked about being mindful of your time management and and when you choose to have a business or have a passion and so forth how you become more mindful and time savvy so that you can make it happen but this is another dialogue that we'd like to have to say okay part of this equation is how to find rest and how to find peace and stillness because that's where we find our sustainability if we go back to just the creation just to kind of set us off with a perspective God created the universe in six days, and then on the seventh day, there was rest. Mm -hmm. And if we look at our lives that way, and because we've been built on the calendar that is, you know, a Monday through Sunday, um, maybe for some of you, that seventh day is that day of rest. But I believe, and I think the three of us have decided as we've talked about the show, it's so important to bring that principle into a daily practice. Mm-hmm. So how can we do that? Let me start off with what did you do in the last 24 hours to be still? Oh, now we're going to have to think. Uh, <laughs> I know. And that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to catch you to say, okay, what do we do? We, we want this, right? But in 24 hours, what, what did you do to be still? And I bet our listeners are probably doing the same thing. Like, well, what did I do? Wouldn't you love to be able to just come up with an answer of like five things or at least two things, at least one thing that you could immediately say, oh, I chose to be still 
in, in this way? Well, one of the things that I have to do, like I, because everything I do for work is on a device, a computer, oh, yeah. a phone, a iPad, a microphone. I mean, everything I have is connected to electricity and technology that um, I used to be the kind of person that always had something going. Either the radio was going or the TV was going or like in, in the car. The second I got in the car, I was turning on, like you said, um, either radio or book on tape or whatever it was that I have really had to create um, a space for quiet because I don't have that enough. And so one of my daily stillness practices is keeping the radio off. And that doesn't mean that I don't turn on the radio from time to time, but more often than not, I um, will turn off what's going on because I have so many other things going on during the day that I just need some time to just sit and maybe even feel a spirit or a intuition or guidance or revelation or something. But I just I find that I crave that I crave quiet because everything else seems so loud. Yeah. I love it. That's perfect. Yeah. I crave quiet too. Sometimes when I'm, um, really like, for example, if I get to my class early and so like I hit every green light. And so I'm in the parking lot, like 15 minutes before class starts, I have a meditation app on my phone and I will actually Mm. put that on and go through that ritual before I walk into my classroom and that really helps me be really composed I love doing that I'll spend time on the piano and um, if I'm not practicing really hard for something like that I have to perform or whatever it's really restful and relaxing and peaceful to spend a few minutes making beautiful music mm-hmm. that's really nice oh music really truly I think that fills my soul more oh, than, yeah. you know, more than many, many things. But it also has to be the right, you know, the right kind of music. And I think, right. I think just like you said, it's that meditation. And there are so many apps. I, I, was, in, I was encouraged to download a few this last month um, as I was just kind of healing and trying to pull out of my Epstein-Barr episode. And the music, the different, I'm not, I'm not even sure what the instruments are called, you know. Um, but the the sound of this flute that isn't a flute, but it's just it is it it, it brings an energy that is so different than even just soft you know listening to Mozart yeah. or something. And so I think for that stillness, there are different kinds of things that can draw in even a what could you call it a bigger stillness? Could you you know mm-hmm. something more vast? I mean something more powerful. Yeah. But, when you're reaching for it, you're like, that's the music I need to go for. I, I found one app that I like, and I can't remember what it's called at the moment, but what I did at Christmas time is I bought a candle, and it's one of those larger ones with the three um, wicks mm-hmm. on it, and I walked in this store, and I was like, I must have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I must <laughs> have that one. one. And she said, oh, well, it's, we don't sell this, but this is where you can buy it. I went and bought it. Um, I cannot lie I, I cannot tell a lie okay I am trying to learn some yoga poses but I look like um a very disturbed woman <laughs> doing oh, these dear. yoga poses <laughs> like what is wrong with her but I downward dog and um I think it's called I don't think anyone pose. looks pretty doing that mm-hmm. well <laughs> it's just that I'm not flexible I mean I need mm-hmm. to really get my muscles to stretch but being taught downward dog you know and um, and learning how to breathe through it, and then going down to child's pose, 
which is where your mm-hmm. forehead is on the yeah. ground. And um, I, again, I'm not a y- y- yoga expert. <laughs> That's my friend, Tacey. But I put the yoga mat out, light my candle, and I just go up and down and up and down. And, and, and just for maybe five, ten minutes. And that candle and that movement of my body, when I'm really, really anxious, um, I've even done it in the middle of the night. Didn't light the candle because my husband would have said, what are you doing? <laughs> But it's it's energy that you are changing, and yeah. as I've read about it, it's it, it's true. We're just trying to move negative energy and open ourselves up to positive energy, and so that actually then after I do that creates. Even I just took a beat breath. I could feel as if I already just got on the floor right here and performed for you and did it. But it's how I feel afterwards mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. just it brings that stillness. And so um, I t- my anxiety when it gets really intense and so forth, um, if I'm at home, I'll hit the floor, you know, won't do that in the middle of maybe the shopping mall. But I don't know. I might. But a, a practice, some of these things that are your immediate go to's, you know, anything else that's like a, an immediate, hey, this works for me to bring in that inner peace and stillness. A new thing that I just barely started trying, um, because I have some performance anxiety too, is tapping and mm. EFT. And uh-huh. I honestly, we're all tapping. You've got to be kidding that No, it works and it works amazingly well. Yeah. And it has helped me a ton. Um, there's actually a world tapping summit going on right now and uh, so if anybody i would encourage wow. people to investigate that it's yes. eft or tapping yeah. really really helpful in in terms of bringing stillness and um yes and i have learned to even uh tap my legs just back and forth left right left right because if you're in a pta meeting or if you're in a business <laughs> meeting and what or a church is anything where all of a sudden anxiety is hitting and mm-hmm. you know Maybe you can't tap your collarbone because they're going to be like, what are you doing? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the reality and, and maybe you, but really if you don't go like care. this and tap right on the bridge of your nose. It looks like you're just tap. thinking so oh, hard. See, there you go. You're in <laughs> thinking that man yeah, pose, you know, right. <laughs> but it, it is bringing an that awareness. Does that work? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it one. does. It does. We're all tapping our nose now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm distracted. Too bad. It's not video. I love it. Oh, the other thing I do, Jody, is I turn off all voices. Okay, this is where perfect, perfect, yes, segue. Tell us, tell us. I, I can't stand talk radio. I know you like it. Listen well, to it, but I can't stand at it. At certain points, I do. Yeah. At certain points. Yeah, no, you know? I just turn it all off. Yeah. I will listen to NPR occasionally, but most of the time, I don't want to hear chatter. Uh-huh. I turn it all off. I'll listen to instrumental music because that'll put me in a good place, and especially acoustic music. For some reason, the texture of the instruments is really mm-hmm. important to me. So I'll listen to acoustic music. And as an artist, it's really important to me to have mental space and and free up my mind because it's that it's that ability for your mind to go into a free place where you can create and um so if i'm if i'm listening to somebody else's voices i can't go there and i can't i can't do what i need to do creatively whether it's writing or painting or or composing music or whatever it is that i'm doing i really need to open my brain space and so um that really helps me i like that and i think that segues into this thought that i have about stilling the inner critic oh yeah turning off your voice that just continues to go 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 sometimes it takes medicine to be able to just go that third multiple personality that doesn't let you quiet your brain sometimes it takes you know i walk my dog um, and as soon as I'm on that parkway, 
my mind is open up to the mountains to the it's winter and so I'm looking at the snow I look at all the intricate you know details and so forth but you're oh, right being in nature helps me so much yeah, with that it, it does and so you have to find out what works to not only still the outer voices mm-hmm. but the one that's in your head that's either keeping track of the things to do list or telling you you know the negativity that you're not this you're not that stilling that inner critic and um, there's many many books and any advice from you Michelle on helping entrepreneurs is there you know you know and Lamont calls that inner critic radio KFKD which cracks me up because it's a little naughty but what she says is that that is going 24 7 without us even realizing just constant negativity criticizing ourselves and you have to consciously turn that off shut it down and and give yourself a more positive you know stream coming in which I think is I just love the way she thinks and talks about things oh I like that no I think that there's those there's some great stuff there because I'm going to talk about that a little bit my two favorite tools because I'm all about tools right we got to figure out how to I whenever I'm feeling stressed or whenever things are crazy and I've got that script running in my head yeah. I'm like okay where's my toolbox what can I get out of my toolbox nice. yeah but um my, one of my favorites is I read the book The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron that's a beautiful in book. like college yeah so, about 18 years ago even and I loved it she talked about how we have a hard time with our creativity and being the kind of people that we're supposed to be with that voice going on in our head right. and her one of her tools is morning pages oh I'm so glad you brought that up so I love morning pages when you wake up in the morning you can just it's just free flow at conscious you're just writing anything I've got yellow notebooks abundance of just me just writing a, a bunch of things down and for a while I did it because I think she recommends doing it for like three weeks straight um I did it for three weeks great and now I can use it as a tool like when I can tell that my brain is freaking out I can get out a little notebook and I can just write and it doesn't have to be full sentences it doesn't have to be um perfect punctuation it doesn't have to be good handwriting but just getting things from out of your head onto a piece of paper mm-hmm. sometimes our brains can't slow down because we're trying to remember so much or yeah, we're trying to we're do processing. things processing Mm -hmm. and even just putting it on paper is so therapeutic to that and I love that but I also have another tool that I love called an ideal life vision which is writing out your goals as if they've already happened and um, you say good things about yourself and you you record it (laughs) and then you listen to it with broke music oh nice it's like you talk about it in five different areas of your life Uh, My friend Ann Webb created this whole process. It's amazing, but you can learn more about it at ideallifevision.com. But you go in, you write your physical health, um, spiritual relationships, and professional. You write your goals down. And what I love about it is that script that you're talking about, Gianna, and Mm -hmm. for mine, it's so negative. Like, who do you think you are? You can't do that. This is dumb. You're going to fail. All those things going on in my head all the time that... I'm playing this script again as with my goals of as if it's already happened You're and I'm reprogramming and I'm putting good things into my brain every day. And it's funny because last year I didn't do my ideal life vision and I could feel the difference. Like it just didn't happen, didn't come together. I didn't write it down. I didn't record it. Yeah. Um, but I just finished it for this year and I just forget how important of a tool it is that whatever's going on in your brain, that you're feeding it good things that you're putting in, like you're getting out the the bad, right? Get 
out the icky stuff with your morning pages and put in good stuff Uh with something that you recorded, whether that's, or you just say, some people say affirmations or have mantras or whatever that is that we need to do more about what we put in as well Uh as we take out. I'm so glad you brought that up because I saw you post about that and I wanted to ask you about it. Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah, that goes right along with something that I just found in a in a book that I'm really, really enjoying. And it's called Hardwiring Happiness by Rick Hansen, Ph.D. And um, he calls it taking in the good. And um, what I took away from this practice was that he's encouraging you to focus on 30 seconds Mm -hmm. of something and bank it. Think of it as putting it in your emotional bank account that is taking in good. So the other day, I am carpooling my uh, little sixth grader to school, and we come to an end of this street where it's a busy road we have to cross because I don't want to wait at the light at the other end of the, the street. And so there's this little house, and it has this beautiful little yard, even in every season, um, whether it's summer, she's got the pink roses, and in every single aspect of her yard, and it, there's not a there's not a full fence. It's one of those picket fences, so you can mm. see the whole yard. So you see every bush, you see every, you know, every tiny uh, little birdhouse or bird feeder that she has. And uh, it's it's February, and all of a sudden I see three little birds. I don't know what type of birds they are pecking at the ground for seeds through this little you know, fence. And um, my daughter even has to say, because I'm looking for my 30 seconds, I'm like, oh, this is, I'm taking in good. I'm going to bank these birds. This is so adorable. Look at how they, you know, look at how they work together. Look at what they, what, I wonder what they're finding and find, paying attention to the detail of the colors of their feathers. And, and um, all of a sudden, you know, the car in front of me, I guess, moved. My daughter goes, mom, mom, you know, it's time to go. And all of a sudden, I just said, I said, bank out loud. (laughs) I'm banking that. And off we go. And um, I like this concept because if you think of five seconds, that goes really fast. 30 seconds, it takes time. But to still your mind enough to focus on something, think about looking at your child's face for 30 seconds Mm -hmm. and banking that. that and taking in the good. Is that just, that's precious to me. That is my new way to define stillness is taking the good. I love it. I love that. You know what? I had never heard of that concept of banking, but I do have something that I banked once. Um, my husband and I went to um, Florida once for spring break, and we both got the exact dates and times, and we were able to go. And we went not to Miami or one of the really big cities, but we went to Sarasota, and they have the most beautiful white sand beaches there. And there's this one point where you can stand on this white sand, and it is as far as you can see, it's ocean because it's out on a point. You can see mm-hmm. all the way around as far as you can see, it's ocean. And when I'm like in the dentist chair or some horrible thing like that, I just go in my brain and I, I've banked this, right? Mm-hmm. I walk that beach and I just see myself walking back and forth, picking up a shell and just walking along that white sand and feeling the ocean just ripple up. So you feel better, don't yeah, you? I do. <laughs> It gives me the best stillness. I literally fell asleep in the dentist chair the other day, and he said something. I don't think it was completely out, but I was walking that beach, and he said something to me. I'm finally like, oh, oh, I met the dentist. I I love it. Well, and it's so important that we recognize that it's a conscious 
effort to be still. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. But mm-hmm. it is. It takes it, conscious effort to be, you know, still. I think it's important to teach our children how to be still. Let's segue for just a second and think about that for just a second. Um, my 12-year-old, my Zoe, at night, she just instinctively likes to create a list on her little nightstand, on a little sticky note of the things she needs to do in the morning. My Jacqueline was the same. She's my oldest. Um, And it's just something, I didn't teach him this, but they just all of a sudden, you know, they get to be a certain age and it's like, I I need to, I've got to have a list so I know what to do. And maybe they've seen me do things. I don't know. But it's not like I said, hey, this would really help you. Mm -hmm. But what I notice ever since third grade when she started doing it, it helps her calm down and be able to go to bed because it's on that little list right next to her. That's really good. And those practices can help, you know, a ton, especially with children that uh, really are anxious and so forth. But what are some ways that we can show and teach our children to be still? I, um, so I've been trying to do more meditation. Uh, Obviously I'm a huge fan of prayer and scripture reading and things that help me with my stillness. As I know you are as well, but um, I needed something. And so just as I was thinking about doing a little more meditation, a little more quiet, even guided meditations and things, my friend posted that he had made these meditation pillows and he is like trained in meditation Mm. and things. And so I went and bought a meditation pillow. Um, Almost as a symbol, and I can even see it in there, but... What is it? It's just a round made of buckwheat shells. It's like a real, it's like real round meditation pillow that I can just sit on and it helps elongate your back, but also sit peacefully. And so I brought it home. My kids love it. And so I was saying to them, this is a meditation pillow. And when you sit on the pillow, you can quiet. And my son goes, oh, we do meditation in my class. And so his teacher has been doing these little meditations where she just helps them sit for a minute and she turns on some quiet music and gets them to calm down. And so he's all over it. So from time to time, I'll come in and he's just sitting. He's sitting with his eyes closed on my meditation pillow. I don't know what he's doing. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I think that part of what I, to answer your question, is creating some physical reminders for them yeah. of mental yeah. of mental stillness. That they, they need to see something. We can pattern that. But even just, like I said, just having that pillow made him think about it. And so he's been sitting on the pillow. And I don't, I'm not really, like, making it a thing. Like, you have to do it or whatever. But no, just I think seeing it and he's having learning. it. Yes. Great. Yes, I love it. Um, I, my counselor that I just love and appreciate so much, she's helped me um, throughout the years for different, for different things. And, uh, but she said, okay, so do you have a picture of the place you just described to me? And I had just described to her uh, very, very top of a mountain peak up Paris Canyon in southeastern Idaho. Um, my husband and I loved a snowmobile. Beautiful blue sky day. Our sleds are just, you know, sitting to the left of us and we're just on this peak and you can just see all of the other peaks. And it's just Mm. tall, tall fir, you know, green trees, but they're so heavy laden with the snow. But it's it's like it's not falling off. It's just almost sliding. But it's this gorgeous day. And she said, "Okay, what do you have a picture of that place in your home? And I said, no. It's in a scrapbook. And she says, okay, how often do you open that scrapbook? And I said, well, that's right. She says, by our next appointment, I want you to have a picture framed of that 
place in your home so that every time you walk by it, you know that is a sacred space. That is peaceful. I can go there because I've been there, just like you had your beach. Yeah. So my my um, suggestion for not only the adults, but for your kids, if there is a happy place or a memory or something, don't just put it in the book. It's important to, you know, to have that memory, but display it. It's just like your pillow. It's out. It's usable. Mm-hmm. And so this picture, I just barely kind of did some Adobe Photoshop on it, not because it had to be perfected, but just because I had to, you know, I wanted to get, well, yeah, I just wanted to get the the, the feeling the feeling of it. Yeah. And so um, it's sent off and I get to go pick it up and it's going to be put in this frame and I can't wait to have it there. But I can think of encouraging my kids, you know, what is a space that made you happy? Let's take a picture, you know, let's print the picture, let's put it in your room. Or if it's an that. object, um, if it's if it's a rock, my daughter Zoe and I, we collect heart rocks and we have this whole collection in this shadow box. Sure. In fact, we have so many now we've had to, you know, throw out some heart rocks because, or get a new shadow box. But these are reminders of particular spaces in time where we will, we were still and we noticed what was going on around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think if we don't teach our children the power of stillness, Boy, the world will just take over because of social media and all of that sound mm-hmm. and that fast fury pace that is about us. And so any other thoughts on helping bring that stillness into our homes and our families? I do the same thing as your heart box. We have shells and we have a huge mm, tall cylinder it. in our bathroom and and shells from every beach that we've walked. That's a nice reminder. The other thing I was going to say is I love that you said get a physical picture get it put it on the wall and display it and for me even more powerful than a photograph is a watercolor because there's blur in there and it's not connected all the dots for you and so you can immerse yourself in that place and you can go deeper and you can you can really really um find stillness there oh yeah yeah it's a it's a beautiful escape and our home is full of them yeah well i've been in your home i love everything (laughs) yeah well you if how about you create a masterpiece for me and then i'll put it well i just go to your gallery and buy one i know but i send me your photo i'll paint it for you (laughs) i know oh that'd be awesome yeah yeah. but you know i love the thought of a watercolor just yeah just again 30 seconds if we take that one tool that we shared and say stare at it for 30 seconds let your mind go and get everything, disperse everything that's that's trying to clutter it. You know, focus on what is right, right in front of you yeah, yeah. for 30 seconds and then breathe it in. I love the word clarity. Um, the quality of being clear, pretty easy, right? But how many times a day do you feel clear? Mm-hmm. Oh, and it. I don't want to make us feel discouraged at the end of our show. <laughs> But no, it's a nice goal. <laughs> I want us to have that goal to say, okay, if we're seeking clarity, guess what? We're going to need to make the space for stillness. Maya Angelou is famous for saying, still, I rise. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's There's nice. There's power in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you are still at times. And you are still because then there are times we need to rise. Mm-hmm. That's why we choose to be still. That's why God says, be still and know that I am God. There's power in stillness. Another one I love is the quieter you become, the more you can hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we're going to leave you today with that thought that in your living space, in your living room, choose to be quiet. Choose to be still. 
stillness is a power probably beyond what we can even tap into. But we can tap into it enough to allow it to enhance our lives and to help us sustain what we have going on. There is power in stillness. So make room today for some stillness. Be still in your living room. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming to The Living Room. We hope you've enjoyed listening, laughing, and learning something new. Join us for our next show. And in the meantime, give yourself and those you love some living room.